Chris O'Hare, your quick win CEO. As the CEO of Run Businesses, founded startups, consultant for others, and even won awards. But in this show, we'll be talking to entrepreneurs and experts to help you understand key concepts for your business, along with three quick wins that you could take away and apply to your business today. And every week, we find out about the entrepreneur themselves and diving into a different but important topic. But this week, we're doing something different. We've just hit our first 10 episode milestone. When I first started this podcast, I had no expectations. But for it to reach top 10 in the Apple charts blew my mind. But what also blew my mind was the love I'd got from all my listeners and how much they found it valuable. It was totally unexpected. So thank you to everyone who has subscribed to the podcast and the YouTube channel. But a special thank you to all of those who have been kind enough to rate and review the show. And here is one of my favorites from OAJ95. Chris has clearly spent a lot of time making sure he has created a podcast that is chock full of interesting information. It's only been a few weeks and he feels like he's really hit his stride. From streamers to CEOs, he's smashing it. And if you're a business owner or if you want to be a business owner, give it a listen. Thank you, OAJ95, for your love. And if you also want to write a review, please do. I will make sure to give you a shout out in a future episode. But of course, I have to thank all my amazing guests. Tom Young, Spencer Ayres, Dara Fell, Melanie Shatinsky, Toby Moore, Josh Woolman, Jonathan Martwell, Simon Kimber and James Wood. Because without you all, this podcast wouldn't nearly be as interesting as it is. So thank you. So in this episode, I'm going to combine all of the entrepreneurs' quick wins for each one of the first 10 episodes. Combine it into one episode. And that way you can get a super quick dose of useful tips in one episode. And if you find that any resonate with you, do go back and check them out. So here we go. great show for you today if you've never heard of video game streaming then this episode is for you it's a rapidly growing industry with the average viewer spending 95 minutes per day on its app that's three times more than instagram that's a mind-blowing statistic and streaming is incredibly sticky tom young a semi-professional streamer tells us about how he turned his evening hobby of gaming into a main job by building his own fan base and earning money through sponsorship and tips from viewers. Tom also tells us about how you could use streaming for your business today. It's going to be an interesting episode. So here we go, Tom Young. So what about your three quick wins that will accelerate your streaming reach? Be aware of the content that you produce and remember to kind of I would say tiny tweaks would be more beneficial to you and the this, the stuff that you produce rather than big changes because you're only ever going to expect big things if you make big changes, whereas if you make tiny tweaks to the, the stuff that you already produce, you're, you're only ever going in with the expectation of maybe a little bit of change or a little bit of an increase when actually you'll be surprised 
those tiny tweaks actually amount to a lot of difference. So yeah, hundred percent, that would be one of mine. Um, next one would be treat all social platforms as unique entities and not as uh, similar means. So that means get to understand the tools that you have around you. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. Remember they they all have their own algorithms, but remember that they're all individual platforms and they need to be treated as such. You can't expect the same message to be sent across and expect the same results back. So make sure that the content that you have has been repurposed and made unique to each platform. Um, and then the last one is uh, recognize that if you are going into streaming, that you become the brand. So if you're a business and you want to make that into a brand, that's you've already got a brand in built. You're already ahead of the game for a lot of people by at least a year or two. So if you go in there with a brand already made, my God, you're going to hit the ground running. But remember, if you're going in with no brand in mind at that time, you're going to become that brand and you need to represent your best self every single time because otherwise you're going to be under the microscope a few years down the line. So make sure you're on your best form. I love those. Really good. Uh, people are going to get so much value from those. So uh, yeah, thank you for that. What a show we have in store for you today. Spencer Ayres from Make Ideas is an expert in getting a startup out of your brain and into reality. Clients of his include Samsung, PowerMBA and Digital Catapult. Spencer came onto my radar a few months ago when he and Nick Himmerwick started to create a YouTube series and I immediately saw his wealth of knowledge on startups. And first we get to understand Spencer and his entrepreneurial spirit before diving deeper into his expertise of prototyping, where we talk about how to start building an app and different forms of prototyping, along with the various tools to use including Marvel and PowerPoint. Before Spencer rounds up the show with his three quick wins and tells us where you can learn more about prototyping your very own app. You're going to enjoy this show, so here we go, Spencer Ayers. What's your top three quick wins that, you know, if you were going to give to your to the audience about how to get started with prototyping or just to maximise bang for the buck um, and get the most insight in the shortest amount of time, what would those top three things be? So I think the, I'm going to, we, we, so the first thing that I'm going to talk about is talking, actually. The quickest win for you to get to understand whether your idea has any substance is talk to people. Never forget whether you're CEO, CTO, whether you're a developer, where you are within the organization, prioritize talking to people doesn't have to be called a customer research, doesn't have to be called user research. Just talk to people about their problems and what you're trying to do. That's the first thing. And it's so easy, right? Quick win. You can send out a message to someone. You can get on a Zoom call within minutes. Like that's, that's doable. People think it's hard, but it's not. It's really easy to be doing. Speak to people constantly. Try and speak to someone new each day. That's a, that would be an amazing thing. So that's number one. Number two is get ideas out of your head get thoughts, whether it's a brand new idea, whether it's a, a hack for, for, um, for converting people on a landing page, whether it's a new feature that you want to have, whether it's a new 
color for but anything just get it out of your head make lists of things and you know my my buddy our good friend nick he talks about this creativity muscle that you have to try to try to create and it only comes from constant repetition it's like trying to lift weights you're never going to get big and bulky unless you put in the the reps you've got to keep repping so making lists of of ideas is a really good thing to do so my second tip would be jot everything down, get it out of your head, get it onto paper as quickly as possible. The third tip, similar theme, but like we've talked about this so much is, is get those ideas into some kind of tangible form, draw a screen out, draw what you think a journey is. That is a prototype in a sense, essentially you've got to be able to draw out this flow because sometimes it's really hard to, to figure it out in your head and it's just not a good use of your time. It's not good use of your, of your brain power draw out the steps that it takes get a prototype i mean i've literally got them if i can i've got them up here on my can you see this on my wall yeah, here it... drawings post-it notes this is i'm working on live and it's my it's just my way of constant connection to what i'm doing even though i'm in high fidelity mode over here I'm kind of coming over here to look like what was that thing that i was trying to do so it's really valuable to kind of go through that that um hand-drawn process as well doesn't matter how great or poor you are at, at drawing just got to do it get it out there yeah, I, I love that a lot. those are quick right quick wins talk to people write all of your thoughts out and start drawing screens come on we can all do that we can all do that today right so audience you're listening you should definitely do that we had the privilege to talk to alex chisnell the owner of a number one entrepreneurial podcast called screw it just do it with over 300 episodes and charting worldwide. You're in for a treat. Alex is the definition of consistency. On a weekly basis, Alex asks world-famous entrepreneurs about the startup journey and what advice they can give fellow entrepreneurs. And his guests include Huel founder Julian Hearn, Dragon Piers Linney, and Grenade founder Julia Barrett. Alex is now teaching his podcast secrets in his course, Ultimate Podcast Mastery. It's going to be an interesting episode, learning from the owner of a number one podcast. So here we go, Alex Chisnell. Your top three quick wins for creating a, a podcast. What are the three things that you you have to get people to, to do when, when they're creating a podcast? Top three things that uh, get people to do when um, creating a podcast um, for me would be working out exactly who your dream listener is, okay, and literally building out a profile, giving them a name. If that's Sarah or Bob or whatever it is, you know, what age they are, um, where do they live, uh, are they married, do they have kids, how much money do they earn, what do they do for a job, um, what problems what situation are they at in life are they struggling are they successful you know getting that honed down means that every question you ever have about your podcast you ask right. bob or sarah to give you the answer instead of asking you know me or crowdsourcing your your entire audience so i would say that's the first one um for me the second one is picking a subject that you can talk about and are passionate about talking about that you're not going to be bored about talking about in three months or a year or three years. For me, I feel I haven't even scratched the surface when it comes to entrepreneurship, and we're year four nearly. You know, we're in year four. Um, that is key because I see so many people 
drop out, get bored, and they've just picked a subject that they thought might have been sexy or they might have been, um, you know, of that time. You know, people doing podcasts, for example, just about the pandemic or COVID. I'm bored about that after nine months. Don't know who else is bored about that. I'd imagine it's quite a lot of people. Don't know how successful those podcasts are anymore, but they were flying back in April 2020. They were the most popular subjects to actually listen to podcasts about. I don't think that's the case anymore, to be honest with you. Um, and for me, the third one is, look, for me, I, I started my podcast because I wanted to to learn and to connect with um, the people that I admired, that I looked up to, um, the likes of a, a Richard Reed from Innocent. You know, I was like, yeah, that's an amazing company. I consume your products. I love it. Um, how did you do that? I literally use this as the equivalent of a Harvard MBA, you know, and I've done it for, you know, pretty much free. So um, for me, it's, it's use this, you know, to connect with the people that you wouldn't otherwise able, that you wouldn't otherwise think you would ever be able to connect with. Use it as a tool for that to build your network, to connect to those people and therein lie the opportunities not just for podcasting but for life you know without sounding too too dramatic because it's 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 been the case for me a really good quick wins uh, people are going to get a lot of value from those and what better way to learn about cloud accounting from the accountancy pioneer of the year darren fell darren is the ceo and founder of crunch accounting 180 staff behemoth for over 50,000 software members. He's a serial entrepreneur and has successfully built and sold a tech company previously before setting his sights on disrupting the accounting industry by creating a simplified cloud variant that gives the power back to the small business owners. Darren and Crunch have won a long list of awards and are set to continue to disrupt the accounting industry with their new product, Crunch Zero. Darren gives us a nice rundown of the benefits of cloud accounting and his quick wins. So here we go, Darren Fell. What are the three quick hacks or quick wins that you would say to these business owners um, to get the most out of the cloud accounting software? What, what are the things that are going to give them, you know, the big results with minimal effort in terms of their software? Well, um, the, the most obvious one is get going with it straight away. You know, we, we see too many people and all the, the many, you know, thousands of calls coming into, into here and the, and the many, many hundreds of new sales calls. People are like, can you, can you do my accounts? Uh, like, you know, when is it due? Uh, like next month. Um, now, imagine that stress loading on, on that person. Yeah, yeah, I'll get around to it. I'll, I'll, do, I'll sell a few things. I'll do, do a few projects. So the number one hack is get your whole setup, your accounting setup, the right uh, bank connected to it, set up as soon as you possibly can before you go out, um, you know, like banging on the doors and, and calling people and selling selling your wares. That's the, the, the number one thing. And, and you've got that a beautiful foundation of strength uh, in, in, in the business. Um, I, um, I'm, I'm equally doing a YouTube channel uh, um, to help people. I really want, want, to, want to help them, as you know. Uh, and I called up... Um, a good friend of mine who's who runs our de 
debt collection service uh, to help our customers who get uh, pulled, you know, screwed over by other firms. Uh, and it's it's the whole setup according to a debt collector. And it's really, really interesting. It's all the basics, you know, don't give credit, you know, get a really, really strong, uh, you know, bookkeeping setup and the, the accounting, get the banking, um, you know, uh, you know, these things mantras completely don't give credit why would you give credit but there's all these all these basic points so that's it get the thing uh, up and running fast i think the the next one uh, would be and it's interesting out of all of our you know uh, you know uh, plus 10,000 accounting customers not there's still as a, a relatively small proportion using open banking and this is our account manager keep going come on you, you we've got them all connected now connect up it will make your life so much simpler um so so use open banking uh get that on there um the other hack to to uh cash flow misery is the second you can get the invoice uh you know out there to the to the client and don't give big terms um you know if you can um get some money with a brand new client it's always worth getting getting some some uh you know money uh in a, in in advance like 50 percent um because they may be super sweet uh but you've done an amazing work you've poured your heart and soul into it and then they turn around and and go i'm not i'm not paying you i'm not i wasn't happy with this tiny element which which is a complete fabricate fabrication so um this whole thing about not giving credit or at least when you start working with someone, get 50% up uh, up front for, for projects or what money you can break the project uh, into, into nice slithers so you can get money flowing in and you know they're good for it rather than getting to the end of the projects we see so many people do and go, you won't pay me. I can't believe you won't pay me. I've done an amazing job. Um, so all of the, 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 the real hacks to a stress a stress-free existence is get this whole accounting set up all nailed down, you know, find a really good accountant or, or use an online accountant and have it all, all fitted together. Make sure you're right with that. And then, yeah, just make the, make sure all the basics are, are you know, kind of bulletproof. Uh, and, and then from that strong foundation, you can really, really just focus on everything like selling, um, you know, your, your services or, or, or your products and just focus on building the business. Uh, well, great quick wins. Brilliant. I think people are going to get a lot of um, value from those. So thank you for that. And in this show, we're talking to Melanie Shatinsky a developer who's worked for the likes of The Telegraph and now has her own business called My Code Kit, a software-based toolkit that breaks down the complicated barriers of coding for youngsters and promotes failure as a tool for learning. And first we find out about Melanie, what coding is and why it's a vital job skill for the future. And before we discuss the various ways you can get started with coding along with her quick wins to speed up that process. So if you wanted to understand coding a bit more in layman terms, this episode is for you. So here we go, Melanie Shatinsky. What are the kind of three quick wins that you would give to anyone who is thinking about um, using coding um, for their business? Um, or, or do you just want to start to learn how to code? What's your three quick wins? Um, three quick things. I would have a look so there's a like you mean as if they want to learn how to code yeah yeah, yeah. however um, you see it okay um 
so three quick things. The biggest thing that I, or one of the big of the questions that I come up a lot is, or complaints, not complaints, I don't get complaints, um, is um, I don't have time to code. So I'm going to go on that whole elk of like, I don't have time to code. So you only have 20 minutes. So what I would do is I would look at a website called Project Euler, which is spelled Project E-U-L-E-R. It has a collection of some really small projects, which are, you know, print out some prime numbers. And then that gives you that in that 20 minute time, you could just do some quick sort of little exercises like that. There is also another website called Code Wars. Um, which is, um, again, little exercises which you can do in that 20 minute gap to get you using some of these basics that you learn. Um, and in that, in, one thing I haven't mentioned is that there isn't one way to code. There's like hundreds and hundreds of ways to code. And what Code Wars does is it will show you how you've done it and it will show you how everybody else has solved it. And you'll be so surprised how such a simple problem can be solved in so lots of different ways. And it really sort of opens up your eyes to that. Um, and then the third thing, um, I suppose is going back to this start simple. So you don't have to, I, I talked about Python being, you know, there's very little setup, but you, there's actually really useful um, sandboxes and the sandboxes is a, a web page which acts as a coding editor and a compiler which translates your code down into machine code. So you can see lots of pretty things. Um, and there's one for JavaScript called JS Fiddle. There is one for Python. Oh, I can't remember the name of it now. Um, but if you just type Python online editor, um, and then that means that you don't have to actually even open up an app and wait for that to open or install anything. You can just go and you can start putting little snippets of code into your web browser. So that's my three, I only have 20 minutes. It's not an excuse anymore. <laughs> And that's and that is a big one, right? That's exactly what people always say is that they just don't have the time to code. Yeah. And, and so I love those. Thank you for those. And in this show, we'll be talking to Toby Moore, an expert content strategist. Toby runs a local group called Content Club. He's a director of TEDx Brighton, and he's just released a new software app to save time creating content using AI, and that's called PosterWorks. You'll get to hear what makes Toby get out of bed in the morning, how his priority has shifted to purpose-led objectives, along with some incredible insights into why content is important beyond SEO, and how you can get started with your own content strategy. So here we go, Toby Moore. Let's talk about the your top three quick wins that will enable people to accelerate their content creation. Uh, whether that's skills or the actual content itself in the shortest amount of time, what mm. do you think those would be? First one is build templates. Um, so like, for example, I have a, a pretty standard set of blogging templates. And particularly if I've got a big client piece of work on, like and I need to write, you know, 10,000 words in a month or something like that worth of blog content. It's not going to happen unless I've templated my work. So, and I've got a really simple template I use, which for, for, for most of it, which is like what, why, and how, and it's like 20% what, 30% why, 50% how. Now I know that if I write a good what heading and a why heading and a how heading, and give myself a fixed word count within those headings, uh, you know, that's what allows me to produce lots of content very quickly. Um, so the first thing is to go and, before you go and create your next piece of content, go and create templates for those bits of content. So that's thing number one. 
Uh, thing number two is to write a list of questions. Uh, ideally, think about it from the perspective of a person that you have a, a, a customer-like relationship with. Think of five questions that that customer might have uh, and then come up with five ways of answering each question. And this is a 10, 15 minute activity, five questions, five answers, potential answers under each heading. And then what you're looking at on your piece of paper is 25 potential ideas for content. If you then have three different types and templates to apply to each of those things, like that's a year's worth of content, no sweat. Um, and you can create, a, you know, you can create a year's worth of catalog content uh, in 15 minutes if you want to, if you follow that process. Um, and I would highly, highly recommend to anyone who's sitting there going, but I don't know what to create content around, about, do that. Imagine someone, write the questions, write the answers, look at it on a piece of paper, put it on your wall. And then the next time you come to create content, you pick a question, you pick a template and you go. Um, and, and that allows you to, to create content at 332 times faster than, than you ever have done before. Um, and then the very last thing, the number three, would be try to do less. I think much like everything else that we worry about, whether it's like eating more healthily, doing more exercise, looking like the person that we saw on Instagram this morning, all of this sort of stuff. When we get, when we start getting a bit sort of stuck in on things like YouTube, LinkedIn and, and so on, like we can get really nervous about how little content we're creating. And then the reaction to that is to give ourselves some unobtainable goal, just like we would if we get, we see lots of skinny people on the internet and then we have some unobtainable goal to be skinny. Or like we see someone like running three marathons a day or something and we're like, oh God, now I need to be unobtainably fit. And it's exactly the same with content production. Because it's that, and, and unfortunately, like content production gets sort of like, in some worlds, gets thrown in the bucket with being like a millionaire in three weeks or something like that, you know. And and we have to definitely stop listening to those people. But we also have to stop looking at those people and other people that we like and respect, uh, and and think that that sets a bar for what we should be doing. Because you know, I haven't created a piece of video content for months. You know, uh, but people are still talking about my video content. You know what I mean? Like it's still considered useful and available and it pops up enough, you know, for people to, to, to you know, to, 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 you know, and if I can get away with not creating a video for months, like, you know, everyone else certainly can because I'm supposed to be waving the bloody flag on this thing. Do you know what I mean? And so I think have give yourself less to do because A, you'll just feel happier because that's more achievable uh, and, and and be like it's that's a good step towards not comparing yourself to everyone else all the time uh, you decide what's manageable you decide what you can what you can achieve and just be happy with that because as soon as you set that objective too high for yourself you'll fail to reach it and then you'll be demotivated to do anything else again and then you'll just get into this like stupid spiral getting angry at yourself because you didn't create content and then another week goes by and you get even angry at yourself and then you talk yourself out of doing anything ever again and then as soon as you don't believe in your content you stop believing in your business as soon as you stop believing in your business you stop believing in like your ideas and as soon as you stop believing in your ideas you stop believing in yourself and you know that's a very 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 dangerous slope to be sliding down so 
um, pick an unmanageable goal uh, and and just do that and don't worry about other people creating loads of stuff and don't worry about what I do either like, and if I tell you to create templates and you're like well, I don't have time to create templates don't create templates just do your best <laughs> order in on life coaching now <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, definitely, and you definitely don't want me to be your life coach that would be a disaster like a real, <laughs> I promise you that would be a disaster topics types templates three keys love it love it and we're learning about paperless digital transformation today with josh warman co-founder of software company capture now josh used to be a digital transformation expert for canon before branching out on his own with clients such as the labor party he is well versed in helping companies get to grips with their paperless ambitions and in this podcast we get to learn how your business can go paperless and the many reasons it can boost the productivity of your workforce We also get to learn about Josh, a bright entrepreneur with a sales acumen to be jealous of. So here we go, Josh Warman. What are your top three quick wins for getting going with paperless digital transformation? Top three quick wins. Um, So map out a structured process. Again, structured is the key word there. Um, I think if you you start mapping it down... um, it's easier to start seeing where the bottlenecks are. Um, one one program that I use, which I think is really good, it's free, it's easy to get onto, really easy to understand, is this thing called uh, diagrams.net. And it's um, it's just a tool to build up workflows. Um, and in its absolute simplicity, it's quite easy to view a work, workflow and just go put it in and... Uh, and then see what why are there so many steps in there and, and start questioning it that way is probably number one. Um, number two, um, ask your staff, ask people, ask colleagues. Um, everyone's going to have a different perception and a different way of uh, uh, dealing with things um, and basically just asking how a process could be done better. Um, simple as it is, I don't think there's, a, there's enough of that going on in terms of uh, uh, trying to move uh, and, and get to that paperless stage. Um, Number three, um, it might be quite quite a simple simple way, but uh, it's uh, basically speak to and, and look into your current suppliers and what they can offer. Um, it might be a case that actually, you know, you, you need that. You, you don't know what the possibility is. Um, I mean, it's a quick win to go and ask your current supplier, uh, like, you know, the salespeople, consultants to see what what they can offer, what they can, you know, what, what can, how can they make it better? Um, what, what are their observations about it? Uh, again, they're going to be working with multiple industries and they're going to have different ideas to how to approach that. Um, I think there's one, and I might be going on to a fourth quick win. I don't know if I'm allowed to, but um, one thing for uh, sort of people out in the field. And one thing that I've noticed is that there's um there's a product called uh, remarkable, and uh, I've seen it. So I've worked with so many people, salespeople and uh, consultants and uh, people going out and just taking notes on on paper and books and this and the other, which is great. So, you know, it, it, it's um, some people really like that. Um, but actually, then when they're spending the time to convert that into uh, uh, into a digital format, it's a very manual typing up sort of process, whereas this product uh, remarkable is is it's kind of like a, a Kindle that you can drop jot notes down and it converts 
everything into a digital format for you. So it's, uh, it's something that's, you know, it, it's, it's getting into that mindset and uh, kind of taking the leap and, you know, having faith in those different products. But uh, there's no, I don't think there's any reason to be so paper. Um, you know, we've got products that are, uh, and got there's, there are things out there that uh, uh, allow us to have a go, really. Some great quick wins there, Josh. Really appreciate that. We'll be talking about SaaS. What is SaaS? Otherwise known as software as a service. And that's the question we'll be answering with serial entrepreneur, Jonathan Martwell. Now, Jonathan's business, Plain Scaling, advises businesses on how they can implement SaaS with impressive results, such as helping three businesses go from zero to one million pounds in annual revenue including serving over two and a half thousand businesses and employing 20 people along with several SaaS businesses of his own under his belt now Jonathan's resume certainly demonstrates his credentials but not only this you might have heard of the skiff but Jonathan established the skiff a co-working space in central Brighton with what over 100 members and they've been supporting entrepreneurs throughout the pandemic. But also, a bit of a side hustle, he established a new initiative called Kind Ops. And that initiative was to help businesses put people first, supporting the wider community and prioritizing the planet. Now, this is going to be a great live episode, finding out why SaaS is going to be the best business model of the world and is already the best business model in the world. So here we go. Jonathan Markwell, what your quick win recommendations are. Um, if we had three of the bits of advice that you would recommend, what what what's the three things that you would give us? Yeah, so the... Um... It's it's sort of going back over what I've what I've already shared. It's like build um, build that audience of of some sort. Make sure you're you started to build relationships with the people that could be your software company customers one day. Um, and um, and do what you can to solve their problems as soon as possible, and really get to know them and learn what their problems are. And be open-minded because you might find out that the thing that you could create that's of most value to them is not the idea that you have um, to, to to sell to them. Um, and so, getting to know them earlier um, and, um, and and helping them in smaller ways first um, can uh, can de-risk everything that you're doing significantly. Um, number two would be. Um, learn to uh have a go at learning to code in some way or or undertaking some kind of technical activity so um and this is particularly if you're not not a technical person because then you have more empathy for technical people when you end up working with them when your SAS gets gets that that stage um and you know i've i've worked with um with people that um have you know very light skills in html and they you know they put together a couple of their own websites before quite quite crudely but it was wonderful working with them and um uh and we got them to either you know we we were able to teach them as we were going and show them how to use git as a version control system for example and, and level up and they were able to go and then change some copy in the app and do their first commits and you know that you, you can you know, having that as a goal as a founder to be able to contribute in some way alongside the other technical people that you want to work with rather than um 
trying to distance yourself from it is gonna is gonna make you much better better position to to be a software business owner um the next and final third um thing is to start selling in some way sell something get used to to doing that um and um i mentioned gumroad um to to sell a product uh like i've 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 worked with a few, many clients over the years where I've said this one, and, and they're often reluctant to do it. But the ones that are most successful at some point end up writing an ebook anyway, <laughs> um, and and selling it even when they don't need the money from selling it because they realise the the value exchange from um, doing that and how it creates a completely different dynamic with your audience. So, um, getting used to selling things online with something like Gumroad, or or even if you make something, you know, the simplest version of your SaaS using something like Stripe. Um, which is a harder thing to integrate at the moment that will get that will get easier and um, and I, I'd actually personally use um, Paddle, which is um, a slightly different way of selling software where they handle all your taxes and everything for you. Um, using one of those free tools, um, other ones like Mighty Network might do it. Podia is another good sort of platform for for just selling things online, building up an audience and um, and learning all those skills that, that are required, whether you're building a SaaS or if you're selling an ebook, um, you, there's some basics that you need to need to be comfortable with. Yeah, great quick wins there, I really love those. But this week we're talking about website builders, which most business owners have dabbled with at some point in their career. Whether that's Wix, Squarespace, or the company that we'll be talking to today, Create. Create was established by Simon Kimber and has been around since 2001. It was actually the first website builder established in the UK. Simon has a really interesting story growing Create and speaks of the husband and wife team in the early days of websites to a successful business serving 30,000 websites, some of which have multi-million pound turnovers. And if you want to know the secret of creating your own website using an easy to use website builder, then this episode is for you. So here we go, Simon Kimber. Let's talk about your uh, your top three quick wins of of using a website builder. What, what are the things that you really recommend uh, that people think about when they start doing this? Um, well, I think, um, you know, as, as we've sort of talked about, I think it's um, using it, using it to test out ideas. Um, so, you know, we've got, you know, we've got loads of stories of customers who have, you know, maybe had a, had a, had an idea for something and, um, you know, used us because, you know, it was, it was affordable and, you know, wasn't, you know, they maybe had had this idea and got quoted tens of thousands of pounds and then found us and, you know, tried it out um and it didn't work they threw it away they came up with another idea they built a new website and maybe you know maybe that one that one was the one um so i think yeah using using a tool like that to to try things out that that just would be prohibitive if you had to you know employ someone or or find find a a web designer and give them a spec and go through the process with them and pay them um every time you had a new idea um so i think that's that's a fairly key um sort of use 
Um, I think, like I said before, getting something up quick, um, the, the tools that, that, that can be a, um, that can be an issue with, with working with a, uh, with a, with a web designer is that they, they often want all the content and say, okay, so we don't, we don't want to be going backwards and forwards with you. We want, we want all your content. We want your images and then we can build the website for you and then hand it over to you. Um, you're not in that position. If you're using a website builder, you can build that one page website in a day or in a couple of hours and get something out there and then come back to it later. Um, and, um, and then I'd say the, the third thing is, is, as I said before, is, is then regularly review that and hone it and, and make sure it's not getting, make sure it's not to get, not getting bloated, not going the other way um, and make sure it's really kind of getting your message across. Um, because yeah, again, it's, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's all about the content and that's, that's, that's really advice for any website, um, regardless of what platform it's on is, is, um, is make sure it's, it's, uh, you're, you're constantly reviewing it and because things change, the way people use websites change, your services change. Um, and hopefully it's just tools like ours make that a little bit easier to keep on top of um, because you're not having to you know go to a designer and say well actually this the way this page is designed now doesn't work even though if you've maybe got some simple content management tools on it maybe the design of this page no longer works for for what you're what you're now doing or how things have changed so being able to have that quick control of it yourself can uh, can make a big difference but also i guess your skills change as well and as mm. as you're learning um about what works and what doesn't work you can go back and review and go hang on i know what i should do here now um but also in terms of uh the the the, the testing and measuring over time right so knowing what works and what doesn't work again that kind of fits quite nicely in with the review very much lean startup kind of methodology so yeah, love those quick wins. Really, really nice. Um, and people are gonna get value from those. And this week, we're talking all about how to build apps with no code. And yes, you've heard me right. You can build an app with no code. And James Wood will be enlightening us. A product expert who has gone from having his own VC back startup with many developers to taking back the power and creating his own apps using no code platform, bubble james even created and sold his own no code app over lockdown and even built a new app over his christmas break and already has monthly subscribers when he's not building no code apps james is the chief product officer at software company user replay this episode is highly recommended for those who have considered making their own app honestly this is one of my favorite episodes your minds will be blown. So here we go, James Wood. What are your top three quick wins then if people want to get involved with starting or using a no-code builder? So I think first thing I would say is try and automate one process in your business or your day-to-day -day life. So uh, maybe try out a platform like Zapier to start with, get used to some of the core concepts of building workflows, and just try and automate one thing that 
is mundane that you have to do every week. So whether that's sending an email invoice or, you know, Slack message or whatever you have to do every week, try and automate one thing uh, mm -hmm. using a no-code platform. And that will kind of might get you on the journey to, you know, automating more and more and building apps and all of that other stuff. But try and start simple to begin with. Um, the other thing I would say is, like I said, do those bubble tutorials. Uh, so if you sign up for a free account, uh, just run through those tutorials. It literally guides you around how to build an app. So uh, and it will give you a real feel for what's possible and just teach you some of those core concepts without you having to put too much time in. Each one's about 20 minutes. So once you've done that, it's, you know, it, it gives you a good uh, onboarding. Um, and the other slightly more kind of out there one that I would say is that um, one of the best things that I've done over the last few years is really learn how to use an API. I know that might sound, uh, you know, a bit uh, intimidating, but again, there's, it's a lot easier than you think. And uh, it, if you're just dealing with something very simple, like pulling in, let's say, recipes from a recipe API, there, it, it can be as simple as calling a URL and parsing the data within the bubble app. So I would watch some tutorials just around basic APIs, how they work, and try and understand that a bit, because that is something that is really going to be beneficial if you're going to get the most out of these no-code platforms, is that understanding of what APIs work, uh, what they are and how they work. Love that. Really good quick wins. Uh, and the API one, yeah, man after my own heart. I definitely think <laughs> that, that, I don't think people really uh, realize the value that they can get from, from that. <laughs> I hope you loved that super quick dose of the entrepreneur's quick wins. There's some iconic ones for sure. Some I've even used myself since I've heard them on the podcast. But what was your favourite bit of the show? Tell me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok or YouTube where you can find me with that hair digital. And there's another platform that I'm frequenting quite recently and that is called Clubhouse. I'm on there pretty much every day and you can also find me with at Hair Digital. Remember, there are loads of episodes that you can listen to, 10 in fact, and you can find them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And whilst you're there, I'll be so grateful if you could just subscribe and write a review. But until next time, I'm your Quick Win CEO, signing out. <laughs>